This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Code42. Code42 is the insider risk management leader. Code42's insider product is cloud-native and purpose-built to help security teams effectively manage the dynamic nature of insider risk and insider threat. Insider provides a prioritized view of the highest risk data exposure and exfiltration events happening across organizations by monitoring all computer, cloud, and email activity through an endpoint agent and API-to-API integrations with corporate data systems The Code42 Insider product is able to determine whether or not a file in motion is put in a trusted or untrusted destination, and speed security's ability to detect and respond to data exposure and exfiltration events. For more information about Code42 and Insider, visit code42.com. That's code42.com. Hello, and welcome to the Security Ledger podcast. I'm Paul Roberts, Editor-in-Chief at the Security Ledger. In this spotlight edition of the podcast sponsored by Code42. Well, are we going to return to office? What is our policy around hybrid work? Are we fully flexible? There's a lot of exploration right now on, on redefining those policies, right? What are the policies of our, of our workforce? And ultimately, that those policies, those corporate policies are going to impact security policies, especially around data use, application use, things like that. One of the surprising revelations of the past few months as vaccines have become more readily available in the U.S. and Europe is what some are calling the Great Resignation, a wave of voluntary departures by employees who simply are not ready to return to work, either because they fear for their health or because they're dissatisfied with their current employment. The COVID pandemic has also prompted a frenzy of mergers and acquisitions as companies battered by the pandemic get scooped up by competitors who have been less affected or even enriched by it. Resignations and acquisitions are just part of doing business in the 21st century, but they also introduce a lot of risk for companies. To put it simply, employees who are leaving a company for whatever reason typically aren't leaving empty-handed. Going with them may be reams of data, files, communications, even source code that they feel they're entitled to. And companies, unfortunately, are not well prepared to identify and counter this data migration. In this spotlight edition of the podcast, we're joined by Mark Watasiak, the vice president of portfolio marketing and security industry research at the firm Code42. Mark and I are talking about how companies can handle the security risks that accompany the great resignation and other COVID-inspired phenomena in the workplace in order to prevent data theft and other undesirable outcomes. Yeah, my name is Mark Watasiak. I am the Vice President of Research and Strategy at Code42. Code42 is an insider risk management company. There's this giant problem around insider risk management and and how do you manage the risk that comes with how employees work. My role here at Code is to really understand that risk. Um, We look at, in in the research and strategy group, we look at everything from the technology uh, trends to behavior changes to any sort of the catalysts behind why corporate data 
is increasingly at risk and and what are the motivations behind that and just trying to get our arms wrapped around that that research and strategy ultimately is is rooted in well it's rooted in in voice of customer um, voice of buyer so we're talking to quite a bit of security practitioners leaders what have you um, and then feeding that information to our product team and then our product team develops solutions um, to meet those problems uh, I'm guessing 20 20- 20 and 2021 uh, were pretty interesting years for Code 42 <laughs> and for for your customers, given that it was a big, uh, basically behavioral experiment necessitated by the, the uh, COVID pandemic. Um, talk just a little bit about what you guys saw just within your own customer base in terms of needs and demands of, of customers, obviously, as they shifted from mostly in-office workforce to a mostly remote workforce. It was interesting the timing of 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 the pandemic and COVID. We had we had spent um, a couple of years researching. I think we 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 have a annual report called the Data Exposure Report. Um, it's kind of an accumulation of our research over the course of a year and our research that was completed in 2019. Kind of introduced this notion of this movement to collaborative cultures, mm-hmm. right? The, the notion that employees uh, can work anywhere, any how, any way <laughs> with any data they want. And what is that? What does that introduce in terms of risk? Introduce the pandemic and all of a sudden every corporate culture is a collaborative culture. Um, well, not every, but you know, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a little uh, uh, aggressive, but uh, a majority of, of companies were forced into this you know, notion of like, how do we be a collaborative culture? How do we enable our employees to work remotely and, and be productive uh, while at the same time protecting um, corporate assets from loss, leak, theft, you name it. What was some of our customers were challenged with was just understanding the scope of their data exposure. Like, in, you know, so you know, typically the perimeter was self-contained, right? You had, you know, office space, you had VPNs, you had all of these, you know, technologies in place to kind of control the exposure. And now the exposure just, you know, exacerbated itself with everybody kind of at home. And just the sheer understanding and comprehension of that problem or the risk at hand was, was a big challenge for our customers. So where is the data going, right? What is it, what devices is it going to, um, what applications are being used. The, the, the dynamics were com- completely different. Exposure pre-COVID, exposure during COVID, uh, and now we'll see what exposure looks like post-COVID as the workforce changes, um, was probably the biggest challenge. And then, you know, just understanding where that data risk is. Um, but then more importantly, what of that risk matters to the business and just wrapping their heads around that um, and putting in the right uh, technology and processes to, to to mitigate that or manage that risk. To me, a lot of companies had kind of digital transformation on their roadmap, but that COVID changed the runway from maybe, you know, six months to three years to like, you know, let's get it done the next week because yeah, yeah, exactly. we, need to, we need to get people working again. You know, we can't just, you know, close up shop until the, until it, you know, COVID goes away. Exactly. And it was, it's funny. I sit on a, a quite a few um, round tables with security leaders and practitioners and it's always a mixed, it's interesting mixed bag because we ask this question and it's like, well, how, how prepared were you? 
um, on the onset of the pandemic and the workforce shift to to work from home. And it's typically, you know, there's there's differences um, across industries, right, and across um, size and shape of organization, right. So the more mm-hmm. the more progressive kind of uh, cloud first or cloud only type of companies were were more prepared than than those that perhaps were in a hybrid model or largely still operating on an on-prem model. One of the big questions sort of looming over the whole economy uh, right now is when workers will return to the office and what that'll look like. We were talking, I mean, most of the articles I've read seem to th- seem to think, you know, summer is going to be a transition period and things are really going to hit the fan in the uh, autumn uh, here in the Northern Hemisphere when, you know, people come back from summer vacation and kids go back to school and, you know, in theory, life goes back to kind of normal. Although now here in the United States as elsewhere, we're dealing with this resurgence of Delta variant covid and um, rising case numbers there, which is which is causing us to kind of uh, retreat a little bit. But what is your sense about um, what is waiting for us in the fall and how normal normal is going to look? What what do you think is going to happen? And uh, obviously, what are the IT and infosec implications of that? Yeah, I th- you know, I I think um, I think we don't know. You know, and, and I think that uncertainty is is what is the biggest challenge, right? So when there's when there's uncertainty, there's anxiety, right? There's also, you know, I think a, a lot of security leaders that we talk to are are you know have have put into place thing technology and processes to to kind of do the best they can um, during the work from home, and now the uncertainty around well, are we going to return to office? What is our policy? around hybrid work, how many days a week are employees going to be required to be in the office? Are we fully flexible? Um, it, there's, there's, there's continues. I think there's a lot of uncertainty there. I think a lot of plans are, are ebbing and flowing based on what's happening with the pandemic and the Delta virus. And, and quite frankly, I think, I'm not going to say uh, companies are at a standstill, but there's a lot of exploration right now on, on redefining those policies, right? What are the policies of our, of our workforce? And ultimately, that those policies, those corporate policies, are going to impact security policies, especially around data use, application use, things like that. And there's a whole host of, of a waterfall effect there, right? From employee education and training to um, what cloud applications they can use, what's sanctioned, unsanctioned. Um, there's just a number of hurdles to get to get over. Um, so I think the uncertainty of it is what is trying to understand how to move forward. During the pandemic, what we saw uh, in one of our reports and research reports was uh, the data exposure report actually was, you know, employees were, were nearly twice as likely to leak data than they were pre-COVID. First, you have to get your arms wrapped around that. That's the whole data exposure problem I was talking about, and where is it happening, and and what of it matters to the business. What about the COVID and the response to it led to that big increase in in data exposure? Think about it. You you have within the normal, right? You have you know potentially thousands of of uh, devices, right? Com- corporate laptops, corporate issued laptops. You know thousands of users sitting behind those devices. Um, companies have millions of files to protect or, or secure. Uh, add on top of that the 
the destinations that files can move to, um, largely cloud. Typically, in the in the old days, like rewind two years, <laughs> it was controllable, right? The controls you put in the place, they worked. They typically worked. Now, set those thousands of employees and endpoints loose. Um, put them, send them home. And now, you know, you've got the whole work-life balance thing. The lines are gone, right? The start and stop of the day is gone. You've got different, you know, um, obligations to family and kids and what have you. So your work hours change. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Know, and, 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 and how you work changes. Um, so what do you start doing as, a, as an employee? You start doing the best you can by using applications and, and moving files to thumb drive so you can work on your home PC or emailing files to yourself so you can, you know, uh, uh, work on a different device or with a different application. So that sprawl, that whole, I just need to be productive and keep up. I'm going to use what I need to use um, from an application standpoint. Yielded a lot of data leak, right? Yielded a lot of, caused a lot of, of, of files to become exposed. You're listening to a Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast sponsored by Code42. Folks have talked about the great resignation um, in, in, the, in sort of 2021 as uh, the vaccines rolled out and um, there was this expectation for many employers that workers would get vaccinated and come back to work. And lo and behold, uh, a lot of those workers said, mm, no, thanks. Um, I'm not going to come back to work. I'm going to resign my position and uh, either stay at home or you know, go find another job or what have you. Code 42 has written a lot about um, the risk that departing workers pose from an InfoSec standpoint. Could you just kind of reprise what, what is the problem with folks quitting or resigning and what should companies know, if, especially if they've got a lot of them doing it, uh, as is the case uh, these days? I mean, departing employee or workforce change has always been something that we've we've kept a close eye on. And, and um, you know, we've seen, I think, a research from a couple of years ago indicated like 60, two thirds, two thirds of employees admitted, um, you know, uh, we take data from one company to the next. Um, and we've, we've asked that question year upon year since then. So I think for three years, it still remains around that two thirds. Um, arguably, you know, a majority of people, the vast majority of people do, but those are the, the ones that admit doing so. Uh, and a lot of them stay in the same industry. Um, so right then and there is, is competitive risk, right, to the organization. So what are they taking um, with them? Um, you know, uh, regardless of the intent, right, whether it's malicious in nature or, or, or just pure negligence, I'm not aware that I couldn't take this or a sense of entitlement. I believe this is my work and I'm going to take it with me. There's a ton of motivations behind that. But the problem at hand is it's happening. And it's happening all the time. Um, and what uh, companies um, are now starting to appreciate is, is, you know, the employee onboarding process of, or offboarding process, excuse me, of, of okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your laptop, you're going to turn in your laptop, you're going to turn in your badge. Um, mm -hmm. yep. Are we double checking if they're, you know, not taking data with them? When they mm -hmm. and just having that check and balance uh, is critical from a competitive advantage perspective, from a strategic perspective, financial expect, uh, reputation, you name it. Um, it introduces all kinds of risk to the organization. 
And I know you, you all, Code 42, has written about the fact that, you know, there are a lot of telltale signs of employees getting ready to depart before they may have even given notice just in terms of data use patterns and data access patterns. Is, is, that, is that still the case? Yeah, yeah. I think we look at, um, you know, there's, we call them insider risk indicators. So regardless if the employee is, is uh, coming, staying or going, um, we look across a number of, of different things, whether it's file activity or it's specific user activity um, uh, or where uh, corporate data or files are moving. And within that signal, we, can, we, we look for indicators. You know, an example be for a departing employee use case would be something like, okay, this employee just turned in their two-week notice. Okay, let's look back, you know, 90 days and see what kind of activity has happened, right? Is it, have they zipped a file? Oh, this employee zipped a bunch of files and then 63 days ago, um, 62 days ago, they uploaded that uh, zip file to a personal Dropbox. That's indication of risk, right? Or they changed mime type change. They changed the file type. Are they hiding mm-hmm. their tracks? There's there's mm-hmm. certain indicators like that that are happening, and we can do that, you know, at the point that we find out. Uh, an organization can do that at the point they find out if someone has turned in their resignation, um, or they can proactively look for signs or risk in, insider risk indicators so that they can be proactive in reaching out to that employee, whether it's through education, whether it's through manager. Uh, uh, check-ins, whether it's through, you know, even security slacking that employee and saying, hey, I noticed that you put a bunch of files or a file in a public um, uh, Google Drive account. (laughs) That's against company policy. Can you please double check that uh, and make sure that that's locked down to our organization? So there's a, you you can use these risk indicators to truly understand what data is, is, where data is moving and then the, the even down to the motivation behind it. And does hybrid and work from home make that more challenging for companies or is it is it pretty much the same? It, it, it makes it challenging for companies that haven't adopted kind of a, uh, a monitoring or visibility technology relative to cloud uh, where files moving, um, you know, off-prem or, or out of uh, trusted domains, if you will. Uh, and that's what's, what's interesting because it's we talk a lot about risk tolerance, right? We like we talk a lot about um, you know what do you trust and not trust. Um, well, I trust these corporate sanctioned uh, destinations of where files can can be. Um, I don't trust anything beyond these. Well, that's an indicator. We can raise an alert for that. Um, and I think that's where that you know companies getting their arms around their exposure will help them. Um, better manage that problem. The other big risk you talk about employees leaving is is one big problem. The other one you talk about is is in some ways employees coming, particularly in the form of mergers and acquisitions. We're seeing a lot of that these days too. I don't know. I, I'm guessing it might just be the time of year, but I think also, you know, kind of COVID produced a lot of winners and losers. Um, and, and it seems to me, at least looking at the cybersecurity space, that you know, there's just a lot of M&A going on right now. There's a lot of companies getting scooped up. Um, how does how does that um, change the security calculations for, for both companies, the acquired and the acquiring company in terms of, you know, insider risk and spotting some of these um, suspicious um, uh, activities and behaviors? 
Yeah, we, we, it's funny, we call those um, triggers. So our, our contention is that that risk tolerance or insider risk tolerance will ebb and flow with, with milestones inside an organization. And M&A is one of those. Um, so with, and, and so here's, here's a, an idea of, you know, how aware is the security team of a pending M&A? Like, are they in the office, are they in at the table and do they understand this is a pending M&A that we're embarking on? It's happening, you know, 90 to 120 days from now. Can security get proactive and look at, on both the buy side and the sell side, the implications or the risks of the M&A? And what we've seen in, in a lot of our customers that are have a growth strategy through M&A or they've been acquired is um, you're typically acquiring a company for, for um, you know, any number of reasons, but typically it comes down to the intellectual property you're acquiring. Um, the customer base you're acquiring, the people, um, any number of things. So when an M&A is introduced, um, a lot of times it triggers uh, insider risk and it triggers employee uncertainty, right? So, oh, is this, you know, uh, what is the impact of me, of my opportunity at this company, whether I'm being on the uh, acquired side or the, you know, acquiring company? Um, and that uncertainty can breed um, departing employees and, and companies need to wrap their arms around, okay, during this process, are we keeping a close eye on data that's leaving um, with with employees that are deciding not to stay? Um, is the C-suite would care because, you know, are we retaining the value that we're getting out of this acquisition, right? The data, right? The IP, the people, what have you. Um, so getting your arms around that. And there's a whole bunch of other use cases similar to M&A, like pre-IPO, um, you know, any changes that, you know, inside an organization, a major product launch is another one, um, a major customer acquisition or contract negotiation, um, et cetera. These are milestones inside a company that, you know, raise the red flag. We, we say lower the risk tolerance. So when risk tolerance is lower, you should be, you know, enhancing your monitoring. Um, employees coming in and out, um, data coming in and out, et cetera, um, and, and, and make sure you've got that, that shored up. Uh, one of the other uh, big changes we've seen just in the last five or 10 years, obviously, as you mentioned, is increased reliance on you know, hosted applications, cloud-based applications and platforms. I'm you know, thinking, obviously, of things like Office 365 and G Suite and Salesforce and Slack and Dropbox and goes on and on and on. And, and many, many more kind of specialized uh, applications. How does that affect the c- core underlying problem here of insider risk and insider threats? And, you know, what um, d- does does the um, does that really change thing from from the perspective of a company like Code 42 in terms of monitoring and, and alerting on these um you know, third-party applications, hosted applications. No, I think remember I think earlier in our in our conversation that was like this this massive move to the the collaboration culture, right? So the adoption of cloud applications, whether it's O365 or Slack or G Suite or, or you name it, um, it, all good, all great technology because they enable collaboration, right? They enable. Uh, employee productivity and working together and and they quite they enable the, the work from home 
you can, you can throw Zoom in there and Teams and, and other technologies like that. The challenge is they also become potential destinations for corporate data, exfiltrated or lost or leaked or, or, or you know, in some cases stolen. But add to the fact that think about a lot of these technologies. Um, G Suite has both a corporate subscription and a consumer subscription. Box does as well. Um, you know, Slack has personal and private uh, channels and, and, and whatnot. And can a company distinguish between Mark Wataziak putting Code 42 strategy in his personal G drive versus the corporate G drive? Um, some companies may be able to see, well, it went to G drive that's sanctioned by the, the company. That's fine. Well, little do they know it went to my personal G drive. So distinguishing, we call that mirror IT. So this notion that there's a, you know, there's a corporate version and a consumer version of something. And how do you distinguish between the two? Because, you know, when it goes to a, to a personal one, that is a data leak. Um, and, and then of, of potential uh, damage to the organization. So getting your arms around that mirror IT problem, um, you know, as a kind of a subset of the bigger shadow IT problem is, is something we see a lot of customers um, um, challenged with. Yeah, these kind of dual use platforms, right, that people are using in their personal lives and then also professionally. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. How much? How much of the insider risk, in your experience, is really malicious? So you know, employees who just have ulterior motives, or you know, they're moving to a competitor, or, or whatever, or just want to hurt the company. Um, and and how much of it is just inadvertent? You know, um, just employees trying to do trying to do their job and maybe taking some shortcuts and exposing the company in the process. The vast majority um, is employee negligence or or accidental. Um, you know. It's going to depend on the company, right, and the and the and the culture and 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 whatnot. But we like to believe we have a we have a value here that it's and and we talk to a lot of our customers about this is like when it comes to insider risk, you presume positive intent, right? A vast majority of your employees, of course, you want to believe that they're doing the right thing, right? That they're good people, that they're not malicious, but they they can be negligent with corporate data, right? They can make mistakes. Finger to the wind estimate, you know, it's it's like two to three percent malicious, thirty to four thirty to forty percent negligence, and then you know, fifty some percent um, accidental. And it's interesting because we 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 actually asked security leaders about this. What scares you the most? And we were expecting to see to hear malicious. Like malicious insiders scare us the most. We're most concerned about them. And it was the opposite. It was the accidental insider as the um, biggest concern, uh, followed by the negligent insider. Uh, and then third was, was those with malicious intent in the end, like our, our philosophy is at the end of the day, risk is risk when it comes to corporate data and, you know, yes, intent factors in, but it's not the, it's not the only measurement of, of, Hmm. of, of risk. One of those one of those rare instances where where actually fears fears align with risks, right? It's usually it's usually the fear is like is 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 out of proportion to the risk, but in this case, not no, that's good. Um, so, final question. I mean, um, we're in July now, heading into August. You know, eventually we're going to be heading into September and fall. 
hopefully return to office life in some form. What's your advice to companies who may be welcoming some or all of their employees back to the office in, in fall? What should they be doing now just to make sure that they're on top of insider risk uh, to the organization? Insider risk in, in, in our studies and our research is, is only going to increase um, significantly. I think that hybrid work, return to office, you know, work from home, those policies we talked about, how those are, that uncertainty of what's going to happen. Um, now's the time to kind of think about how you're going to manage this problem. Right. Of course, we've we've been attempting to manage it over the course of the of the pandemic, but as workforce um, uh, workforce change um, will be as dynamic as the environment in which we live, um, getting your arms around an insider risk management program uh, and what you're going to do about it is is important, and and a big piece of that is obviously. Um, education um, and, and training for for mm-hmm. the employees. Um, we'd like to think of like the three. Like when it comes to managing insider risk, uh, we we advise um, companies to think. Um, and I'm a big thinker in threes, um, and I like to alliterate. Um, but uh, you know, technology, obviously, um, training. And, and transparency. Think about those mm-hmm. three things as mm-hmm. a security leader and as employees are coming back or the, you know, the company is, is establishing their, their work policies and whatnot. Um, insider risk comes down to those big three, right? Do you have the technology to manage it? Um, do you have, or is how big of a, uh, is training and employee awareness and risk awareness uh, part of your program and strategy? And then thirdly, um, be transparent. Right. Um, be transparent with the employee base uh, around your policies. Be transparent about what you're monitoring and why. Um, and ultimately, if you build a program and a strategy around that, um, ultimately, you're going to build a more risk aware culture um, over time. Uh, Mark Wojtasek of Code42, thank you so much for coming on and joining us on the Security Ledger podcast. Wonderful. Thank you. You've been listening to a Spotlight edition of the podcast, sponsored by Code42. Code42 is the insider risk management leader. Code42's insider product is cloud-native and purpose-built to help security teams effectively manage the dynamic nature of insider risk and insider threat. Insider provides a prioritized view of the highest risk data exposure and exfiltration events happening across organizations by monitoring all computer cloud and email activity through an endpoint agent and API to API integrations with corporate data systems. The Code42 Insider product is able to determine whether or not a file in motion is put in a trusted or untrusted destination and speed security's ability to detect and respond to data exposure and exfiltration events. For more information about Code42 and Insider, visit Code42.com. That's Code42.com. Code42.com.